0: Section 64 of Familiar Instructions and Evening Lectures on All the Truths of Religion, Volume 2. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Marie Christian. Familiar Instructions and Evening Lectures on All the Truths of Religion, Volume 2. By Father Louis de Sigur. THE OLD MAN Everyone knows, at least by reputation, the great seminary of St. Sulpice, established at Paris, close to the magnificent church of the same name. This seminary was founded in the time of Louis XIII by Abbé Olier, a man of great virtue and sanctity. Before establishing themselves at Paris, M. Ollier and his first companions were all living together at Vaux-Girard and preparing themselves by the practice of penance, prayer, poverty, the care of the unfortunate, in a word, by Christian life, to become, in the hands of God, fitting instruments for the great designs he had formed concerning them. M. Ollier often assembled his pious companions in a common hall and exhorted them with indefatigable zeal, to advance in the path of perfection, to become holy priests, and with this end in view, to fight without ceasing, to mortify, to immolate the old man, that is to say, the evil inclinations of a nature corrupted by sin and inclined to evil by concupiscence. The house was kept by an old gardener named Thomas, who lived with his wife in a little cottage at the end of the garden. Thomas had remarked these secret meetings of M. Olye and his disciples. He had spoken of them to his wife, and both had wondered what was the object of these assemblies. Old Thomas, as inquisitive as his wife, resolved one day to fathom the mystery, and having no other means of satisfying his curiosity, to go and listen at the door. In the evening, on the very day that he had taken this noble resolution, M. olier held a meeting. Thomas had noticed everything. He advances, therefore, upon the tips of his toes, presses one ear against the door, and hears someone speaking. He listens, he distinguishes the voice of M. Oye, and as the silence of the auditors was profound, he distinctly hears these words. My friends, my friends, why should we wait? Let us set to work this very day. Too long our cowardice has shrunk from the task. Let us sacrifice the old man without pity, without listening to his murmurs and his cries. This is the only price upon which we can have peace. He is an enemy who is always seeking our destruction, who is always near to us, who will destroy us if we do not sacrifice him with courage. What is the use of making resolutions if we do not keep them? We must hesitate no longer. The moment is come. The old man must not live. Everything must be given up to the new. Thomas was the only old man in the house, judge of his surprise and his terror when he heard M. Olye exhort his companions to sacrifice the old man. Evidently they were speaking of him, and talking of getting another gardener that very day to fill his place. Pale as death, he hurried back to his own home, and calling his wife in haste, he exclaimed, Quick, quick, we must escape from here at once or we are lost. They are going to murder us. I heard them say so this very evening. We have just time to pack up our things. Who would have believed it? Men who look so holy and who have shown me so much kindness. You must never trust to appearances." And then he began packing all his valuables in two or three large baskets, at the same time bewailing his hard fate and giving his terrified wife full particulars of what he had just heard. But it was too late. Whilst he was making his preparations for flight, the door opened and M. Ollier appeared upon the threshold. "'Thomas,' he said gently, "'we have been ringing for the last five minutes for supper, didn't you hear?' "'Why, what are you doing? What is this luggage? Where are you going like this?' Old Thomas fully believed his last moment was come. His hair stood up upon his head. He stammered an unintelligible reply. He tried to see if M. Ollier held any kind of weapon in his hand. Then he could contain himself no longer. Wicked man, at last I know you. Hypocrite, traitor, assassin. I have heard everything. Help, rescue. The poor Abbe stood perfectly bewildered. Why, what is the matter with you, Thomas? He said. Are you mad? No, no, I am not mad, cried the old gardener. "'Would to God that I were mad! "'Help, help! "'It is no use to pretend any longer. "'I tell you I have heard everything. "'I was at the door when you were encouraging "'your traitorous companions to kill me this very evening. "'Oh, what a wicked, cruel thing! "'When I loved you so much, why should you kill me? "'Could you not send me away "'if you had found another servant to fill my place?' "'But I cannot imagine what you mean,' "'replied M. Ollye, more and more astonished.' Explain yourself. Who ever thought of killing you? You yourself, Monsieur. I? Ah, yes, I recognized your voice, so holy that no other can come up to it. I heard you telling them to sacrifice the old man, who was always like an enemy in the house, and to hesitate no longer to follow your advice. At these words, M. Olye understood the misunderstanding, and, laughing merrily, he ran out of the cottage to tell the story to his companions. Then they all came back with him and had the greatest trouble to persuade him that they were not talking of him. It was not till after a long time, and when he had talked often with the good Abbe Olye, that he was convinced of his mistake and ceased to carry arms concealed in case of a surprise all of which proves that old people should not be inquisitive. End of section 64